And I'm Greg Matzik. Welcome into Brewers Weekly. Sitting in for Matt Pauly tonight. Matt is on assignment for the third week. He is uh, back next week, I believe, in this very seat. We will take your phone calls over the next hour here and talking Brewers baseball at 414-799-1620. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Also, a little later this hour, we'll be joined by Brewers Radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering. And it's uh, always a, a good idea to start the uh, the show, I think, with the latest from the Milwaukee Brewers and what is going on with this team and the very latest courtesy of Tom Hardercourt, is that uh, Wei Chung Wong, our favorite pitcher from overseas, is uh, going to return to the Taiwanese leagues to play baseball, leaving the Brewers organization. Uh, this new information presented just minutes ago by Tom Hardercourt of the Journal Sentinel. So uh, the Brewers have not confirmed or denied, I suppose, that report, but uh, it appears that Wei Chung Wong could be playing overseas next season. Been pretty quiet overall on the uh, roster fortification front here for the Milwaukee Brewers. And really, all across the league, you have noticed, you know, trades have been rather brisk, but the free agent market somewhat cool. The pilot light is on for the hot stove league, but uh, full-on flames? Nah, we don't really have that. And that means we do have rumors. Yes, the rumor mill is swirling regarding your Milwaukee Brewers. And the latest which was posted earlier this week. According to MLB analyst Jim Bowden, the Brewers are still in the mix and reportedly pursuing free agent pitcher Jake Arrieta and free agent infielder Mike Moustakis. Now, this could have been written four months ago, right? And it likely was. As we knew who the players on the market were going to be, the question was, could the Brewers possibly spend that kind of money to get that kind of player? Would it be wise? And what other options are there? And really, this, the discussion is no different because the free agent market remains ripe with talent. And the top two pitchers, according to many, on the free agent market as of today are you Darvish and Jake Arrieta. Now, when I see a report like this in mid-July, I think one thing. Well, you know, it's trade deadline season. And uh, the rumor mill is swirling, teams trying to make a run for the pennant race. I get it. That happens. And sometimes agents push that information forward to drum up interest in you know, the competition for a given player. But I, I feel like agents are maybe more behind the information in January than they are in July. Because their guy's still sitting out there not getting paid a dime. So when you hear a story like this, Brewers pursuing Jake Arrieta, is this pushed forward by Scott Boris to try and get that information out there so the competition perhaps increases for Jake Arrieta, driving up the dollar amount? Or is there really fire where there is smoke? Now, Arrieta is 31 years old. I think it's worth recapping where he stands in his career. Uh, he had a fine last few seasons with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, last year, overall, 14-10 and 10 with a 353 ERA. However, after the All-Star break, he was 6-3 and three with a 228 ERA. So he finished strong. And he's a bit of a workhorse at a time when you know, not a lot of pitchers are going beyond the sixth inning. Scott Boris, of course, being very patient with the market, waiting for the best offer. Thinking that he could possibly get five or six years for his client, I will say this. With every passing day, the asking price goes down until spring training starts and some team loses a starting pitcher. A contending team loses a starting pitcher due to injury. The one that doesn't make a lot of sense to me 
is Mike Moustakis. Now, this is kind of interesting. 29 years old, played for the Royals his entire career. I, really a key figure on their World Series teams and just an outstanding player. 29 years old, hit 272 with 38 home runs and 85 RBI last season. Why can't the Royals hang on to him? Well, it's likely to be a cost issue that you're going to need $8.5 bucks to sign Mike Moustakis. Okay, now in the same article that I'm reading here, it indicates that the Brewers would be willing to move Travis Shaw to make room for Mike Moustakis. Now, follow the logic here. Travis Shaw last year was maybe the Brewers' most consistent hitter. He had an outstanding season last year for the Brewers. It included 31 home runs, 101 RBI, a two seventy three batting average. And he's 28, so he's a year younger than Moustakis, put up similar numbers. You know what Travis Shaw made last year? Yeah, about $560,000. So he's under team control this year at a reasonable cost, and then he's arbitration eligible, and then the price will go up for Travis Shaw. But unless you're moving Travis Shaw to acquire starting pitching and then paying the salary of Mike Moustakis, I just don't understand it. Uh, I, you've got a cheaper version of Mike Moustakis already in Milwaukee, and he's also younger. So that's kind of where we stand as of today. David Stearns has been remarkably patient, but I have no doubt he is working to find the best fit here for this Milwaukee Brewers team. No doubt at all. Just hasn't really happened yet with any you know, big names, but it's still... Still out there. Names are still out there looking for a home. 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to join us on the program tonight, Jeff Levering will join us coming up at 822. Back with more after this on Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly continues on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik. Welcome back to the program. Sitting in for Matt Pauley tonight, 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brewers Radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering joins us in our next segment. Less than a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. I feel like there's some, still some work to be done here for this Brewers team in trying to get the roster settled before spring training begins. Rick in Oakfield joining us on WTMJ. Hi, Rick. Hi, Dan, for taking my call. Sure. Now, I noticed that they still sign Fodard and Boyer, but neither one of them are starting inside the basement. Okay. Is there a prospect that so that position I do believe will be wide open for during spring training to be won by one of our top prospects to take over that spot? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering who is going to showcase or have the opportunity to showcase their talents during spring training, Rick, because uh, as you mentioned, and you're, you're spot on here, if you look at the Brewers' prospect list, you know, three of their top ten prospects are capable of playing second base including Keston Hira, the Brewers' number 5 prospect. He was their top draft pick a year ago. Isan Diaz, he is at a lower level of minor league ball, second base shortstop, and Mauricio Dubon, he might be the closest thing to major league ready, who is a shortstop by trade but certainly capable of playing second base. I I feel like you're going to see some of these guys during spring training, but I don't think any one of them will make the team coming out of spring training. I feel like we're still a little bit away from that. But, you know, as for who starts opening day, I, who's going to start for the Padres on the hill? Clayton Richard, right? I, lefty, righty, that's going to make the difference. Could be Eric Sogard, could be Jonathan VR. But I think what we know 
is that the Brewers do not have an everyday plug him in, only give him a rest day once in a while sort of guy at second base. They've got really you know, three guys, VR, Sogard, and Hernan Perez, who will kind of shuffle around. And they're going to get plenty of time, plenty of at-bats, and ultimately I think you kind of ride the hot hand and you know maybe go to matchups here. But you're kind of in this position where you're you're looking to bridge the gap until one of your young studs is ready. So I understand, you know, not committing, you know, four years and a lot of money to a free agent that might be on the market. Now, the other interesting name is Neil Walker. And Neil Walker was reportedly looking for a four-year deal after a, you know, a, kind of a bounce-back situation playing with the Brewers. He was valuable. I enjoyed Neil Walker on the Brewers roster. He was helpful at a time when Jonathan VR was a mess and Eric Sogard was, you know, primarily up there against right-handed pitching. Yeah, Neil Walker gave you a little bit of something uh, from both sides of the plate. Versatile in the infield. Yeah, possible that he comes back, but I don't think the Brewers are looking to give him more than a couple of years. And, again, there's no guarantee. Prospects are suspect until they prove themselves. We say it every year. But the Brewers do have some interesting talent in that middle infield area with Dubon, Isan Diaz, and Keston Hira. Hira is supposed to have the best bat out of the group. Mauricio Dubon, maybe the most well-rounded. Isan Diaz, the glove. So you've got some options here. David Stearns has done a fine job stockpiling talent in the outfield and up the middle. Second base and shortstop, guys who can play center field right and left. Versatility is kind of the key word here for David Stearns. So we'll see, right? I mean, only time will tell. Yeah, I couldn't give you much more of a scouting report than I just did. I know they love Keston Hira's bat, but he was playing at some of the lowest levels of minor league baseball last season. He performed well, that's great, but now you have to do it at a step up, and then another step up, and so on. And stay healthy, which is always a big if in the world of Major League Baseball. So who starts on opening day? It depends who the starting pitcher is for the San Diego Padres and how healthy the Brewers are at the position. But I don't think the Brewers are done yet. I really don't. I don't think, you know, you look at the roster today, I don't think it's what you're going to see going to spring training in mid-February. I think there's more to be done here for this Milwaukee Brewers team. Uh, we'll ask that of Jeff Levering. What does he think is going to happen with this roster moving forward? Jeff Levering, Brewers radio play-by-play man, will join us next here on Brewers Weekly. We're presented by Miller Lite. Well, Saturday marks the one year since the inauguration of President Donald Trump. What letter grade would you give the commander-in-chief? 365 days later, Steve Scafidi takes your calls tomorrow and your grades at 9.35. I'm Greg Matzik. This is Brewers Weekly with you till 9 o'clock tonight. Believe it or not, less than a month away from the Brewers reporting for spring training. Of course, the Brewers annual on-deck event happens on January 28th, kind of the unofficial kickoff to the season. And before you know it, Brewers baseball will be here. They start playing for real at the end of March. And the man who will be behind the microphone for the bulk of the Brewers games this season, we hope into October, it is radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Greg. Happy (laughs) off-season. It's certainly getting a little quicker now. Uh, Yeah, we're staying crunch time, I guess. Uh, First of all, congratulations to you welcoming in a, a new Levering to the family. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. I got it right in before the new year, which is great. December 27th at just about 2 o'clock in the morning. We 
had a little girl, Logan, and she's doing great. And uh, she already gained about three pounds already, so she's had a newborn clothes, and she's uh, almost about ready to get her driver's license. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> it's moving quick, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's a nice little benefit on your taxes, too, but I digress. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I suppose now it's time to split duty, right? You're focusing on uh, your family, of course, and baseball is starting to ramp up here. But, you know, it's been a pretty quiet offseason, as we've talked about throughout the offseason. Uh, I, I feel like the winter meetings... You know, it, it's sometimes a a ground for deals to be done, but this year, unless you were a middle reliever, you know, it was pretty quiet. Now here we stand with several key free agents with a hefty price tag still looking for work. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to say. And it's not just the Brewers either. It's, it's Major League Baseball as a whole. You saw a handful of trades go down. Of course, the John Carlos Stanton deal was a, a big one for the New York Yankees. Um, that's just one of the, the handful of trades that's gone down so far this off season. But, you know, the big ticket pitching, um, uh, guys, Jake Arietta and you Darvish, they're still out there. A uh, handful of the relievers have gone. Um, Wade Davis has signed with the Colorado Rockies, but Greg Holland is still out there. Uh, it just seems like teams are, are not willing to, to pay big price tags anymore. And you haven't seen any deals for more than four years either, uh, which is also notable. So, uh, it's not just the Brewers, it's other teams too, and, and free agency, and, and there have been a couple articles over the last 48 hours that have come out about the whole, uh, system kind of being broken and how you can, uh, you can avoid this, but with the players union as strong as it is, I, I don't see how that is going to happen anytime soon, but it, it has been very quiet. But the good thing is, is that the Brewers had such a nice stable of, of guys coming back, and with the good news of Jimmy Nelson being ahead of schedule, um, you might not need to make as many moves, which is a good thing if you're David Stearns and company. Well, and it seems like, you know, weekly you'll see some sort of report saying, oh, the Brewers are still kicking the tires on Jake Arrieta. I, I still feel like that's a little bit, you know, out of the price range here for the Brewers, but I guess it can't hurt that the guy is still available as his agent starts to uh, shop and, and you know, maybe positioning the Brewers as a team that could disrupt the Cubs' plans. I don't know what it is. Call it posturing. Call it a, a you know real-life example of the Brewers doing their due diligence. But I guess it can't hurt that the guy is still around. Does the asking price only go down at this stage of the game? Well, I think teams are going to get a little bit, uh, I mean, they're going to get antsy, to say the least. If, they're, if you're getting down in the nitty-gritty and, and teams are, are reporting to camp and you're less than a month away from teams actually reporting to camp, which is hard to believe in its first place. But, you know, for, for my idea, Greg, if you're, if you're going down to the, to the wire with some of these guys, they might not get multi-year deals. It, it might be a situation where a guy like Arietta or a guy like you, Darvish says, okay, fine. I'll go sign with the team. It might be 15 million bucks. It might be 20 million bucks, whatever the, the price tag is going to be. But I'm going to sign for one year. I'm going to gamble on myself. Uh, I'm going to see how I do. And if I really pitch well, then it might pay off at the, at the end of the day. But, um, those guys are Jake Arietta. It seems like he's older than he really is, but he's, he's still in the, in the low thirties, still has a pretty good shelf life left. But, um, I wouldn't be surprised if those two guys in particular, get themselves um, a couple of one-year contracts if, if they're still unsigned come February 1st. Uh, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the teams, are, the teams have been notable in the past for being really quick-triggered. Okay, here's my reaction. One guy signs here, and bam, I got to go do something else. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if another team kind of pops up. 
But uh, the fact that the Brewers are, are still in the mix uh, is a good thing. And, and the fact that the Brewers did a really nice job last year and were in playoff hunt until the very last day of the season, uh, people want to come and play for Craig Council and, and this organization. They, they know it's what they're going to get. And uh, that's, a, that's a very attractive thing for free agents and for people to come and play in Milwaukee. Jeff Levering joining us on Brewers Weekly. We're presented by Miller Lite. February 14th, the Brewers Pitchers and Catchers Report for spring training and other guys still on the market here jeff uh, i think it's you know player obviously brewers fans are familiar with he was looking for a four-year deal reportedly but you know neil walker wanted to test the free agent market uh, i'm sure he's done a little testing and uh, the market is somewhat cool i still feel like the brewers could use a a steady second baseman more of an everyday guy and certainly a versatile player in walker do you feel like the chances are pretty decent that he ends up back in a brewers uniform or is that far-fetched uh, I don't know if it's far-fetched, um, but, you know, teams are kicking the tires on Neil. I don't think he's going to get a four-year contract wherever he ends up, whether it's in Milwaukee or somewhere else. Uh, and a lot of things can happen at spring training, too. I mean, you've seen it in the past where, where guys go down in spring training. You hate to see injuries, but that's when, when teams uh, really need to act quickly. Uh, not saying that he's not going to be a, a member of an organization before spring training, but uh, he definitely could come back. Now, the Brewers... With arbitration cases, they've got Eric Sogard coming back. He can back up shortstop. He can play second base. Aaron Perez, super utility guy. And you just never know what you're going to get from Jonathan VR. You hope it's something where it's in the middle of his awesome 2016, his very subpar 2017, and you hope he kind of gets back to the middle for 2018. But if you've got those three guys kind of mixing and matching at second base, it's not a bad problem to have if you don't have Neil Walker. You've got three guys that can do a pretty good, a pretty good job for you. Well, and I think it's it, you're kind of looking to bridge the gap here, right? If you look at the minor league system, the Brewers yeah. are loaded at that, the middle infield spots, second base, shortstop with Keston Hierro, last year's number one draft pick. You've got Mauricio Dubon. You've got Isan Diaz. I mean, sooner or later, one of these guys is going to break through. You're not looking for you know, a four-year solution today with a veteran second baseman, more than likely you're looking for a, a couple of years of steady play before one of those guys breaks through. That's an ideal world. Yeah, you're right. And that's what the three guys that the Brewers currently have kind of possess. They have that kind of fill-in, um, can play multiple positions for you. I mean, you've seen Aaron play everywhere except for catcher. Uh, Jonathan VR even played a little bit of center field last year. Sogard plays all over the infield. So very extremely valuable players. Um, and you're right. There's a lot of depth down in the minor leagues. And, and even if you look at, at third base too, where Travis Shaw has, has entrenched himself and, uh, I guess went down to the Ohio State and Northwestern basketball game last night at the All State Arena carpooled with Brian Anderson and, and <laughs> BA sent out a tweet today and said, man, he looks jacked up because he's been working out all, all winter long at the at the ballpark. <clears throat> so I mean, you've got him at at third base, but you got a guy like Lucas Ersing who's kind of knocking on the door, probably being double A this year. Um, so does Travis Shaw move back over to first base? Who knows? Those are really good problems to have if you're the Brewers if you're trying to find places uh, for these guys to play because they're good players. Hey, Jeff, if you can hang on for a second, I want to ask you about the outfield and starting pitching in the bullpen. Three very interesting areas here for the Brewers, positions of depth, and maybe an area where they need to add. More with Brewers radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering after this on Brewers Weekly. With another Super Bowl just a couple of weeks away, what strategy are advertisers expected to take with this year's ever-popular commercials? 
Gene Miller has a preview tomorrow, 7.50 during Wisconsin's morning news. I'm Greg Matzik. This is Brewers Weekly, sitting in for Matt Pauley tonight till 9 o'clock as we continue with Brewers Radio play-by-play man Jeff Levering. You know, looking at the prospect list here, Jeff, you mentioned the second base position. There is some talent growing here in the major league or minor league level, I should say. But the Brewers are also pretty loaded with outfielders. And, you know, you look at it from the standpoint of guys who are ready to play, major league-ready outfielders, the Brewers are loaded. Do they start the season with all of these guys who are Major League ready? Well, Major League ready is a, a great phrase because, I mean, if you said that, you'd have six outfielders pretty much. And I don't know if you've got enough bench spaces for all those guys. You know, you've got a combination of Broxton, Santana, Phillips, Brinson, Braun. That's five. So you're five outfielders. Uh, you could potentially have all five guys there, but you want those younger guys, the the Phillips and Brinson, to get everyday at-bats down in the minor leagues. That would be the hope, unless they just come out gangbusters in spring training and they prove that, okay, center field or, or utility outfield spot is going to be my spot. Uh, and they've, they've earned the right to be in the big leagues. Um, you know, you want those guys to get everyday at-bats because just sitting on the bench and, and getting – four at bats a week is not going to be helpful for those guys. They need to they need to have consistent A Bs at the big league level. You know what they can do defensively. Uh it's just a matter of getting out there and, and showing what you can do offensively. I think Brett Phillips did that the last six weeks of the season. Uh you were able to see that the great defense as always. And you got a little left handed bat to help you out too. David Stearns has been remarkably patient, I feel like, and I'm still waiting for the move that doesn't work out, right? It seems like everything he has done has worked out. He'll trade one player, he'll get multiple back, those players will show promise, and so on and so forth. And certainly he's got a plan here. What What do you think needs to happen before spring training begins, or at least before the regular season begins, to help fortify the roster? Well, he said it a couple of, uh might have been a week ago, um, the Brewers need to have at least eight or nine potential starters um, at their disposal uh, to come up and help. There's no team these days very rare you go through five through five rotation pieces for an entire season you got to have guys that can step up and make a couple of starts for you so they've got to get some more depth before jimmy nelson comes back you never know what's going to happen with his uh rehab process so you got to have a couple of more arms that can help you out so maybe one or two more signings maybe a veteran guy out there go trade for somebody um but i think they need to add a couple of more starters uh, the bullpen, I think, is is in really good shape. People seem to think that there's there's more work to do, but when you've got Jeremy Jeffress coming off of what he did with the Brewers last couple of months, he was very good. Corey Canable was an awesome year. Um, Josh Hader, who's been terrific. Jacob Barnes, who's shown flashes. And, and you know, don't quote me on this, but since we're on a radio show, I guess you can quote me on this. Um, the fact that Adrian Hauser is coming off of his Tommy John surgery, he was awesome in the Arizona Fall League. I would not be surprised to see Adrian Hauser come out of that Brewers bullpen and be a factor at some point come maybe May or June of this year, if not a little bit sooner. Hater stays in the bullpen, right? I, I think the loss of Anthony Swarzak kind of, kind of position hater as a guy who would stay in the pen. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, I think so too. And and it's and I've said this since last year too. It's how many games can he affect positively for your team? If he's a starter, he can only affect about 33 games. If he's out of the bullpen, he could affect 65, 75 games, 80 at the most. 
So he's got an opportunity to to affect half of your baseball games. I think that's a, that's a way that you want to go with Josh Hader. You know, and I look at the pen here, Jeff, and I see multiple guys with closing experience, which I like. You lost Warzak, you lost Jared Hughes, who was kind of a sneaky good performer last year, but I don't think mm-hmm. you're in bad shape with the pen. When I look at the starting rotation, it, it, to me, I mean, Jimmy Nelson is such a wild card here because you're not sure when he's going to get back. Craig Council will call it the outgetting staff versus starters and relievers, but is it yeah. possible that you, you end up having those bullpen kind of days earlier in the season versus the end of last season because of you know how you had to piece things together? Does does Craig dip into that at all during April and May until Nelson gets back? I think he might, and and it makes sense, especially early in the season when when pitchers are trying to get their arm strength up and, and ramp up from a from a long off season. You gotta. Those guys are limited anyway to begin the season. You're not having guys go out there and throw complete games, start number one. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Um, so you could you could cobble together some bullpen games early, I think, first maybe month of the season until the month of May if you really needed to. Um, you know, Brent Suter and Brandon Woodruff are certainly candidates to do uh, that kind of work. Yolis Chessin, I think, is he's going to be a nice addition to this team and and he plays well, especially in those early months in, in the Central Division where you're playing outside and it's cold. Guys are not going to want to hit that sinker down and in if you're a right-handed hitter, I tell you that much. So I think that I think the Brewers are, have a really good opportunity to, if they needed to cobble some, some starts together with bullpen days, uh, they could do it just because they're trying to ramp up um, the strength of the pitcher's arms early in the season. Final thing for you, Jeff. I'm going to put your feet to the fire on this one. Who is the Brewers' leadoff hitter on opening day? <laughs> Whoever's going to get on base. <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea what they're going to do. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they put Eric Thames in there on opening day. Yeah. We saw Craig Council do that a couple of times last year. Uh, I, I would not be shocked if, if Eric Thames is the leadoff man. Well, a lot of things need to play out, and, of course, uh, you got a long spring training for that to happen. Jeff, uh, always great to check in. We'll see you at the On Deck event coming up at the end of the month, and uh, congrats once again. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, Greg. Yep, you bet. That's Jeff Levering from the Brewers Radio Network. Coming up next, who is G. Mon Choi, and what's he doing at Brewers Spring Training? After this on WTMJ. Welcome back to the program. It is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. I am Greg Matzik in for Matt Pauly tonight. Matt back again next week. Brewers on deck coming up about 10 days from tonight. Exactly 10 days from today. It's January 28th at the Wisconsin Center. I will be there along with Matt Pauly. We'll be doing our show live and uh, hopefully have a great stable of guests as uh, we get ready for the Brewers season. Now, I know it's been a little quiet here for the Brewers in terms of free agent signings. The team did add to the organization uh, earlier this week, signing G-Man Choi. Did you see the story, Ashton? First baseman, could play a little outfield as well. He has been around the major leagues for the better part of a decade, but did spend the majority of last season in the AAA uh, ranks with the New York Yankees. So here's, here's the deal. Uh, he's got a contract with the Brewers that could end up accruing uh, about a million and a half dollars if he makes the roster. There are incentives built in as well. Spent time with the Yankees in 2017. Did not do much at the major league level last year. He only played in six games. But he absolutely wore out minor league pitching at the AAA level. So here again is, is something that David Stearns loves to do. He loves to find guys 
who have had success somewhere. It doesn't matter where. Could be at the major league level, and then it totally fell off. Eric Sogard's a good example. Could be at the minor league level, but maybe things just didn't go quite right each time that player got to the major league level. But somebody who has achieved success somewhere in their major league career uh, or in their minor league career, David Stearns like to find those guys, not offer up a ton of money, but just see. Yeah, just see what's here. And when you're kind of in rebuilding mode, you can take gambles, very low-risk sort of gambles on players like G-Man Choi. Good bat, capable first baseman and left fielder, been around the big leagues for about a decade, has had some injury issues in his career, broke his fibula in 2015 in his first game of spring training with the Mariners. And then he was designated for assignment, and he was kind of up and down with the Angels in 2016. When he was in AAA with the Angels in 2016, he hit 346 in 53 games. But for whatever reason, it did not translate to success at the major league level. He had only won 70 in 54 games after getting called up from AAA. And at that point, the Angels just decided to part ways. So I, you could say, what you know, was he a consistent player in the Angels organization uh, at the major league level? Well, no, he wasn't, and, and that certainly could have something to do with his dip in production. But this guy is a power hitter. He's a power hitter. I just that's what he is. But he's also hit for average at the minor league level. So kind of a low risk option here for David Stearns and Craig Council just to see, right? I, last year, when the Brewers picked up Jesus Aguilar. I mean, could there have been a more under-the-radar? Like, I got to spring training last year. Who's this guy? You have to go back and try and jog your memory. Where the hell did the Brewers get this guy from? And then he's just, you know, hitting peppers all over the field. And before you know it, he makes the Major League team. Chris Davis was that guy a couple of years ago. So the Brewers have been able to find these guys and just, you know, get them hot during spring training. See what you have. I, the Brewers' first base situation is interesting. If you get what you got out of Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar this season, if you get the exact same this season as you had last season, is that a success? How does that look? It's probably pretty good. I think you'll take it. Maybe you want the average to be up a little higher with you know, a guy like Eric Thames, but I feel like he kind of wore down toward the end of last year. Jesus Aguilar was a threat to go deep anytime he stepped into the batter's box. And who knows, G-Man Choi could be the next in that line to step into the Brewers' spring training camp and and ultimately make the team. We will see, but the Brewers have added a little depth, if nothing else, to their organization with this signing. Otherwise, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, If you want to call Jalice Chassin and Giovanni Gallardo your big money or big name free agent signings from the offseason, I don't think that would be a stretch, but I wouldn't really say that either is too big of a name. So competition is likely increased a little bit with uh, the additions the Brewers have made, but I still get the feeling there is more to be done. Don't you? I, it's, it's been kind of eerily quiet all over the major leagues, Ashton, and so much so that we're starting to look at this from the standpoint of, you know, is this benefiting the teams or is it benefiting the players where you, you get to the absolute last-second desperation phase if you're a team here that, you know, has some sort of unexpected injury during camp that forces you to make a move. I do not believe players will sit out just to get their number and get their money. There was some talk about that earlier this week. I don't see that happening. 
I don't see agents letting that happen. I, I'm, I'm kind of fishy on this one. But it's interesting to think about. That is for sure. Uh, we will wrap up the program with some final thoughts and uh, preview of the On Deck event, which is coming up a little over a week from today. Brewers on Deck at the Wisconsin Center. A lot of players coming back, as you might expect, some alumni, former brewers and coaches and everything. It's always a great time at the Wisconsin Center. We will be there as well. Hope to see you there. Brewers on Deck. This is Brewers Weekly. I'm Greg Matzik. Wrapping up Brewers Weekly here on a Thursday night, 28 degrees at our Capital Drive studios. It is presumably warmer in the greater Phoenix area, though I have not checked. I don't know exactly what the temperature is, but I'll go out on a limb and say it's a little bit warmer there. We will start thinking warm thoughts here with the Brewers on Deck event, January 28th at the Wisconsin Center. If you've never been to this event, I mean, it is all kinds of fun. It gets you in the mood here for Brewers baseball. Uh, At a time when the the weather's not great, right? Uh, There is no Packers football to talk about. And what are you really getting excited for here? Uh, the Bucks are ready to uh, you know, go into their all-star break in mid-February. And uh, it's a good thing, right? Brewers baseball coming up on the heels of a, a season where we saw the Brewers go further than perhaps expected. Uh, yes, they did exceed expectations. I thought if they could be about a 500 team, that would be outstanding. And they were comfortably above 500 with 87 wins. But as we have seen with you know other franchises, not only in Major League Baseball but all throughout sports, duplicating your success and building on that success from year to year is a challenge. And the Bucks, I think, are a great example as we've been talking about them throughout the night. So and that's the ultimate challenge here for the Milwaukee Brewers. There is always this thought that you know you have eighty-seven wins one year. Well, it's going to go only go up from there, right? going to be 90 wins, and then 92, and then 94, and then, holy smokes, you're playing for a World Series. That would be outstanding. That would be ideal. But that's also kind of best-case scenario sort of talk. 87 wins once again and playing meaningful baseball to early October, I think, is is exactly what the Brewers hope, uh, the position they hope they are in. But how do you get there? Can you get there with the talent that you have right now? And I know that's what David Stearns is trying to work through here while remaining financially competent in, in a good position with the salary cap with the understanding that you know arbitration is going to hit. And a lot of these young guys that we've been talking about for the last couple of years, their salaries are going to go up and up and up. And the Brewers will no longer have the lightest salary in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, more than half their roster was making under six hundred grand last year. That is crazy, given the production they had on the field and that they were in contention. The Brewers were in a very unique situation last year where they had all sorts of money to burn if they wanted to at the trade deadline because of the production they received from talent making under $600,000. That's just not going to happen year in and year out, right? I mean, that's, that is in line with the early stages of a rebuild, you mix in some veterans, and there you go. You hope for the best. Well, the Brewers certainly had a strong production last year from a variety of players, both young and old. But where else do they need to you know, kind of tweak and, and add and, and maybe not blow out the budget here, but you know, figure out you know, how to make that next step? Is it a splash signing like a Jake Arrieta? Is it a more economical signing like a Lance Lynn what gets you to your goal easier, quicker, better? The Brewers definitely need depth in starting pitching, Ashton. I'm not sold that what they have is enough. I think your four and your five, while they may never see the field in a playoff game, they certainly help you reach the playoffs. Good teams 
have a strong four and five. You may never see them in the postseason, but they get you there. And I think ultimately that's what you have to figure out here if you're David Stearns. Can you get by until Jimmy Nelson gets back with a group of pitchers that may include Jolice Chassin, Brandon Woodruff, Brent Suter, maybe Giovanni Gallardo, and your occasional bullpen day? I think that's asking a lot. And no, I'm not really including Junior Guerra. I just, I don't, I'm not sold on him at all. I, there's no really reason to be. He's not making a lot of money. He's not a big investment. Maybe he bounces back with something that you deem competent. But he just wasn't there a year ago. Otherwise, the Brewers are in pretty good shape, don't you think? I feel like the Brewers have a pretty good thing going overall. I don't know what's going on with the Pirates. Uh, it's been a bit of a fire sale there. I know fans are upset. But all of a sudden, the Pirates have you know, kind of plummeted into the, the Reds discussion, where they've got some pieces, but they're really more interested in, in trying to build from within with their minor league system. So I yeah, I don't know. I, I really didn't see that coming. Garrett Cole gone, Andrew McCutcheon gone, Josh Harrison, who knows where he's going to end up. I mean, that was a playoff team a couple of years ago, and all of a sudden yeah, they're kind of back to square one. So maybe it is. Maybe it is a three-team race to the finish here, and quite possibly a wild card emerges out of the NL Central. We are out of time on tonight's program. I want to thank Jeff Levering for joining us tonight. And also, going back to Sports Central, thanks to Mason Crosby for being our guest on Sports Central. All of our interviews are online at WTMJ.com. You can also subscribe to the Sports Central podcast. Check it out. Subscribe to it. It'll show up every day. Ashton does a great job getting that thing updated with the latest programming and features and interviews and so on. Uh, Cool stuff at WTMJ.com or just tell Alexa to grab the podcast. Out of time tonight. The news is next on WTMJ.